0: It is Friday, November 10th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. And I'm actually up in Jersey City, New Jersey, as we're finishing up Blitzball Battle 4. And it's been epic, by the way, so far. Everybody's going to love it when it comes out in a few months. Who won? In the meantime, Bobby. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that. If if I tell you that, it'll be our last episode of Football Today. Probably not a great idea. Maybe Maybe they'd have to put in more resources to football today, <laughs> maybe by the way, I'm like five miles or something from your New York Giants. You couldn't have rolled up here and done a show so we could be in the same studio or something. I know you you guys just gotta start
1: playing in blitzball around me, which yes. I end up randomly being there when that happens, but um no nah, i'm 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 nice and happy in Florida.
0: All right, so, Bobby, uh, Week 10 already underway. This slate not nearly as good as we saw in Week 9, but let's pick a few of the headline matchups. A pair teams that are coming off buys. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are playing host to the San Francisco 49ers, who it feels like, you know, their 5-0 start was eons ago, right? They've lost three straight. Uh, Brock Purdy, the magic fairy dust, has kind of gone away with him. So is this the Sunday that the Niners get back on track, or are you still worried?
1: It's they're both coming off bye weeks, right? So we can't do the bye week rust versus rest. Right.
0: Um,
1: I do think so, right? Like, and the 49ers need to tighten it up, though. And, and again, cut them out non rusty. Um, they are m- more talented than the Jags, although the Jags have been playing really well, mm-hmm. especially when you look at some of like the EPA numbers. Like, they're you know, the last five games, they've been like top of the league and in, in, uh, offense and defense. Um, but at the end of the day, the 49ers are a, should be a better team and are a better team, and I do think San Fran ends up taking it. Um, the matchup I'm looking forward to, though, is Josh Allen versus the backup left tackle because I don't think Trent is
0: coming back this week. Mm. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's it's obviously been a rough go for, for him. He missed a, a little bit of the Browns game and then obviously the last two losses as well. Um, here's the thing. Jacksonville – they are off to their best eight-game start since 1999. Do you know what happened that year for them?
1: AFC Championship, Tom
0: Crawford. That's right. That is the AFC Championship game that they lost somehow to the Tennessee Titans that year. So they are playing really good football. With San Francisco, when they jumped out to that 5-0 and start, they were barely turning the ball over. They had only two turnovers. But in these three losses, they've turned it over seven times, and Brock Purdy's thrown it over all over a little bit. So that's the key. One huge facet, though, for the Niners is that it sounds like Debo is coming back, and Debo's one of those guys, I don't know if you agree with me, he doesn't have to touch it, touch the ball 12 to 15 times a game in order to have such a huge impact. I think the threat of having him in so many different areas lined up out wide in the backfield, put him in motion, whatever, it affects the defense.
1: Well, that and even if he just has three catches, those three catches can go for like 70 yards, right? And he's, you know, made able to make those big, tough catches down the field, even though he's not always used like that. Um, This to me, though, is, hey, how what did Brock Purdy learn after these last three weeks? You get the bye week to rest and recharge. The coaches, not as much. Like, what have the 49ers learned offensively to... Because, you know, to like stop those turnovers from happening, specifically those, you know, the middle of the field, 10 to 20 yard range where almost all the Purdy's have come from, besides that
0: fluky one. Uh, I do like the Niners in this one a little bit. Uh, It is a show me game for Jacksonville. I know they beat Buffalo. That was over in London when the Jags had already been there for a week plus. The Bills got over there like 55 hours before kickoff. So we'll see. This is one of those huge games for Jacksonville. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And in my opinion, they should have flexed into this for Sunday night football. Let's move to one of the other bigger games of the day. It'll happen in the AFC North with the Ravens. They check in with a 7-2 and record. That includes a 3-0 and mark against teams that entered the game against Baltimore with a winning record. So that was Cleveland, Detroit, and Seattle. And in those three games... The opposition of the Ravens never had a lead. Is that sort of dominance going to continue this weekend?
1: I think this game will be tight, right? But to me, Baltimore ends up winning out because Baltimore has two really good units, offense and defense, where the Browns is just that defense. You know, if you like we could we could talk about how great the Browns defense is, and I still think they're the best in the NFL and most numbers show that too. But the Ravens are second. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind them, right? And then they have, you know, they have Lamar Jackson in an offense that's working kind of well. But I, I want to see, as now Sean Watson's back, they beat the Cardinals, that's, you know, we're not going to really look at that one to see what the health of the Browns' offense is. Can they get their rushing game going? Because right now it's just average like I, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I am really leaning into trying to make the running the ball the identity, and then just you know letting Watson do some play action. He can still make all the throws, but like this is to me with Watson in compared to D uh, uh, DTR in the last game, this is very winnable for the Browns, right? You're gonna look at that score of twenty eight to three, but the Ravens had two touchdowns off of two turnovers, so forty eight yards on their two touch on two of their touchdown drives. Ravens had two point six yards per play. Or, sorry, the Browns did, right? Like, you're going to mm-hmm. expect them to be better than that. That's, like, you know, worse than the NFL that week. And the Ravens had eight punts and turnovers in that game, including, you know, eight of 12 drives with 10 yards or less. So, this Browns defense sh- should – this Browns offense can should hopefully lean into, like, a run identity and not turning over the ball. Like, that being their identity, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson is the highest-paid player in the NFL. Lean into that because the defense will at least keep it close to the end of the game.
0: Okay, Uh, obviously you know this as a Browns fan. This really worries me to death because I think, I know Philadelphia's got the best record in the NFL. I think Baltimore's playing the best football. And you mentioned it, it's because of both sides of the football and we know what their kicking game can do, obviously. I'm also worried about one huge thing in this. What's your favorite position to study, Bobby? Offensive line. Offensive line, bingo, my man. The Browns, they're banged up all over the place. Dewan Jones has done an outstanding job replacing Jack Conklin at right tackle. He's been injured. He's been limping around. He's got a bad shoulder. We don't know what's going on. More importantly, though, Jed Wills, who has been the punching bag of all of Cleveland over the last, you know, three and a half years, is out now. He ripped up his knee. He's expected back at some point this year, but it's not for the foreseeable future. So what are they going to do over there? Is it James Hudson? Is it Joel Botonio that they push out from guard to tackle? This, is, this could be a mess against that Baltimore defense, which certainly can give you some exotic looks. They can blitz Kyle Hamilton from his safety spot. They're really physical. That's the sort of stuff where it can get away. And if Watson gives up the football like he did in the early going in a big AFC North road game in Pittsburgh earlier this year, it's going to spell trouble for the brown and orange. Yeah, and that's why I think the Browns should just lean into that
1: identity. Like again, I'm not saying they're going to be a good offense doing that, but their defense is good enough to hang in these games. And as much as like, and Deshaun's talented enough to make the offense be average. Yeah, Um, if they can just lean into like running the ball and not turning it over. I know, I know, new age football people hate that shit, but. With the way this defense is, man, like again, you look at that 28-3 to game versus the Ravens, and that's a couple plays away from being a lot closer game mm. with nobody at quarterback. Um, yeah. The issue is just, again, if the Ravens had like the 10th best defense, I think that the Browns could pull, maybe possibly pull this one out, but they're the second best defense, and I think they're going to give the Browns fits offensively
0: all game long. And here's the thing. The Browns know Lamar Jackson and what he does Oh, so well, right? Now, I know that they've got a different defensive coordinator in here in Jim Schwartz who's done a remarkable job, but do you remember the Sunday night game a few years ago where Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions and somehow the Ravens still won that game? I'm not saying that Cleveland needs to force four turnovers, but Lamar's been known to, you know, cough it up in the pocket occasionally, maybe make a bad throw. That's the sort of formula, I think, in order for Cleveland to pull off the upset win on the road. But we'll see. Could be a really good game. Uh, Are you more interested... In a possible shootout between the Lions and Chargers, or if young CJ Stroud can continue his magic in Cincinnati?
1: I feel like I've got a good grasp on Lions and Chargers and not going to have a big takeaway from that game. I am excited to see what Stroud Mm -hmm. can do, right? Because the Bengals' defense has held the 49ers and Bills and Seahawks to 16 points per game, none over 20. And Stroud isn't just out there like doing half field high to low reads or pure progress, like not like kind of rookie, you know, let's let's bring him along slowly stuff. Like he's moving defenders, he's anticipating reading leverage. But Anarumo, who uses like the most diverse coverages in the NFL, is going to throw a lot at him. So even if the Bengals win, I'm still fascinated to see how C.J. Stroud handles this Bengals defense.
0: Yeah, and oh, by the way, Joe Burrow is pretty good these days. But with Stroud, like, just look at his game winning drive against Tampa Bay last week. There was that one ball that he threw over one defender and short of another on the sideline during the game winning drive. Like, that sort of stuff is just magical. Like, that's the experienced pro, not a guy who's played less than half a season as a starter in the NFL. Plus, I think it's a big deal for him. Like, I know he's a California kid. He. He grew up going to, you know, playing high school ball out in Southern California, but he is a former Buckeye. And so we're talking about that being a hundred miles away from Cincinnati. So, you know, he's going to have some friends that are down there cheering him on. And I think that's a big deal for this kid.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of Bengals fans are like secretly like the the Texans are probably their number two team right now because Mm -hmm. of CJ Stroud. Um, it's, i i th- i am th- like i said i'm really interested. like if he looks good in this game man like you can re- like you're already saying like this guy is the next thing but if he looks good in this man that's that's next level shit where again i just mentioned three teams with good offenses that the Bengals like really took care of um the issue is just that the Bengals, even they even though they want T Higgins the Bengals offense is probably just going to put up more points on the other side So it it could be a Texans loss and a C.J. Straub uh, win,
0: though. It, It actually could be a Texans loss and a Texans win. I mean, they already have more wins than they did all of last year. People don't expect them to win the division, right? That's Jacksonville's division to have. They don't expect them to be a wild card team because of the abundance of talent in the AFC North in particular. But... Just to be in games that matter midway through and then later on in the season I think is a huge stepping stone for this organization. And C.J. Stroud has just been wonderful to watch. All right, let's move to a little Sunday night football. The revamped Raiders take on the New York Jets. Yes, the Jets are rammed down our primetime throats yet again. Uh, Sounds like New York is sticking with Zach Wilson, at quarterback. Now, Coach Robert Sala was actually on Michael Kay's radio show in New York City and he faced the heat of a blitz.
1: I never understood with a 39-year-old quarterback why a guy who couldn't start last year was the first line of defense if he went down. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why Why not give him a try? No, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, the fair question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, he... I
0: don't know. You got me? I'm, I'm going I'm to plead the fifth on all this one. In your opinion... Do you think that Robert Sala is being pressured into sticking with Zach Wilson? I just as bad as
1: Zach Wilson is right. And I love the whole like, Oh, he's getting better. Cause he had like four good throws versus the chiefs. Um, <laughs> he's bad. At least he can move around a little bit. Right. Which is like so valuable for a, a bat. Just be able to move around a little bit where Simeon, I don't know if he's going to do that. Um, so, I think they might just like genuinely want to play him. Also, and I also think Nate Hackett like still sucks, right? Uh, just because Aaron Rodgers likes him doesn't mean uh, he's a good offensive coordinator. They're doing worse than they were with Mike Lombardi, which everyone at the time said was a, a, a very weird firing. Um, yeah, I,
0: I, yeah, I'm who would it be being pressured by? Ownership. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get it. I think they look at Trevor Simeon as a guy who's bounced around the league, even though he does have a Super Bowl ring with Denver, I believe. Um, and, and they're like, listen, I mean, this is the administration that made Zach Wilson the second overall pick. So they're going to say, at the very least, if Aaron Rodgers is not coming back anytime soon we got to go with the guy who we picked number two overall because what an embarrassment that would be for us and our evaluation skills and what we mean as a franchise if we're going to go with a guy who was a seventh-round pick out of Northwestern.
1: Yeah, I mean, they already benched him for Chris miss mid-game last year and Mike White. Ouch! This is where I get – if I was a Jets fan, I'd be so frustrated. And I know they love to do, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to mentor him in the offseason because everything's fucking dandy in the offseason. Is why is Zach Wilson on this roster? One, it's just weird after right. everything that went down last year. And two, he's not a good option as a backup court. Why did they not? Like, even if like even if Aaron Rodgers didn't have a season ending injury, right? Like, get a backup QB that if he got a, had a four or five game injury, that could get you along. Um, that being said, I think the Jets will win this week. Wow. Really? On the road? I do. I think that defense is really, really good, and I think the Raiders coming off of that interim win. I think the stuff that O'Connell does well, the Jets are just going to close clamp down on And I think the Jets' defense carries them to, and the Raiders' off defense is really bad, despite the fact that the Giants only put up six points. Like the like Tommy DeVito had eight point eight yards per attempt, which is the Giants' second best. His issue is just anytime there's a blitz, he just puts his eyes down. Oh yeah. Um, and just bad arm town in general. So I think the Jets win this game like 20-7. to 7.
0: Uh, By the way, just so that we dot all our I's and cross all our T's, Robert Sala did say in terms of talking with management about Zach Wilson um, staying a quarterback, quote, we're all on the same page with that. So any conspiracy theory that might be out there, we are on the same page. I I think he needs I to
1: stop it. addressing every little Twitter he, rumor with that shit. Just, just, just do your job. He get he gets very like. I think Salah gets like over infatuated with like outside, he, outside noise.
0: Yes, but I think what happened was he was embarrassed by what he did said or didn't say on the Michael K show. I really do. I think that. I mean, how often have you heard a head coach literally speechless and say, "I, I don't know how to answer that." Like I plead the fifth. Like that's that's not coach speak yeah
1: I mean, he well he just basically he answered the question, and then they're like, "Yeah, but why not?" And he was just like, "I've already answered that." Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I do think they'll win this game and get back to what five and five they'll be.
0: Yeah, right? You you think the Raiders win? You know what? Here's the thing. So the Jets are on the road. I, I'll be curious to see on a Sunday night how many Jets fans travel. I mean, we've talked about that before with, you know, the allure of Vegas, and now you wrap up a big weekend with the boys and whatnot, and you get to check out the New York Jets. I don't know. It could be... I'm not saying it's going to be like a Chargers situation at SoFi or when the Rams host the Niners, but it could be interesting fan split. It could be like a bowl game. I want
1: you to... I want to ask you this. I thought about getting really petty because mm-hmm. all the Giants Jets stuff yeah Did you see like the 20th because th- th- they were the reaction to that was nuts I, I thought about waiting until 24 seconds left in the game and like quote tweeting Jets fans and be like relax guys there's, there's 24 seconds left um but I do feel bad for them that defense is great yep. right like I sat there and walk like unfortunately I sat there and watched fucking tape of the Giants running the ball every play and then the first half and they just close in on everything, and then they rush the passer without having the blitz. Like That's a great defense, and you could say Rodgers next year, but eventually those defenses like start to fade, right? Defense Absolutely. replicate year over year, and they've done it two years in a row with the worst
0: offense possible. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating for that group. There's no question about it. But somehow the Jets have kind of stuck in this, at least record-wise.
1: Football season is in full swing, and we've teamed up with DraftKings Sportsbook to get you closer To the action, not to the sun, to the action. DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, has an offer you don't want to miss. All customers can get a no-sweat bet. So, again, not close to the sun. You're not sweating. On any same-game parlay or same-game parlay X, and all new customers who bet $5 will get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALLTODAY. Fan of your alma mater or your hometown team? Combine multiple get bets together for a shot in an even bigger payout. If you've already signed up for DraftKings like me, you can get a no-sweat bet on any same-game parlay or same-game parlay X bet if your bet does not hit. Uh, max wagering limit supply. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code today. only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did.
0: All right, before we get out of here, real interesting story, kind of in Pittsburgh, right? As the Steelers get ready for the Packers, Mike Tomlin, he had to answer some questions about George Pickens and social media late last week of course the Steelers played on Thursday night football took care of the Tennessee Titans but George Pickens didn't do much there was that shot after Deontay Johnson actually scored a touchdown for the first time in like seven or eight years of Pickens sitting solemnly on the sidelines and all that sort of stuff and then he ended up scrubbing all of his Steelers stuff from his social media so guess what Mike Tomlin had to answer questions about it coach like breathing
1: it's easy I know it's a cute story for you guys, but it is it is, a pebble in my shoe, to be quite honest with you, in terms of the things that I have to do in an effort to get this group ready to play this week.
0: I love it. So Mike Tomlin, quite the wordsmith, says it was a pebble in my shoe. Uh, do you think it's more than just that? Well, I think a pebble in a shoe is pretty damn annoying if you ever had a <laughs> pebble
1: in your shoe. <laughs> a pebble in your shoe needs to be dealt with directly or it'll ruin your day. Um, if you always have a pebble, like you know, pebble in your shoe, or you know, a sprained, you know, toe, I think I'd rather you know deal with a sprained toe on a consistent basis. Um, yeah, he's got he's got to deal with that, right? Like this is the Pickens playbook, right? It's like all this ability, but he's immature, right? And I can deal with some of that, but he—that's the like he one he should have dragged his toe on that touchdown. They ended up beating the Titans too, like. This is where I'd be frustrated if I was a Steelers fan. Like, dude, we're 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 winning, like and, and like to me the the scrubbing the social media thing is the most immature shit that players totally. do. And I think so even more so in season. It's one thing in the off season when it's the contract, all that stupid trying to gain buzz around it. Okay, fine. But a second year player in the middle of the season when you're winning, like that's shit. Is, to me, is so immature. Like I think that's more immature than like fighting, right? Like I look at George Pickens taking that Georgia Tech player and slamming him into the,
0: uh, into the wall, I think this is more immature than doing that. Najee Harris apparently came out and said, listen, I I talked George down a little bit. We went over some stuff. And if he did, I know that he's a really young guy in that locker room too. But if he did that, good for him. That's the thing you always heard about Pickens. People are like, how is that guy not like the first receiver off the board? This is how he wasn't the first receiver off the board. And it just feels like there's certain guys involved in any business, but since sports is an entertainment business, particularly entertainment where you have to walk on eggshells around them. And I'm not saying that George Pickens makes people miserable because that's not fair of me to say. I'm not in the Steelers' locker room. I don't deal with him on a daily basis, and I've never talked to him. But those are the rumors that you heard about him, and this sort of stuff is just unacceptable. It is. Now, With I do believe Mike Tomlin from this standpoint that – even though you felt like a pebble in your shoe can be really annoying. And I tend to agree with you. Remember, he dealt with a boulder in his underwear, which was Antonio Brown. Like, that is a real problem. You know, some, I mean, Mike Tomlin should be encased in glass in Canton, Ohio, just for dealing with Antonio Brown as long as he had to. Somehow he made it through. And now the George Pickens of the world, he's like, yeah, that's not a big deal. And by the way, I'm not sure I love the whole boulder in your underwear sort of deal, but I was trying to stick with the pebble in his shoes sort of deal. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make any jokes. Uh, <laughs> if there's one coach you
1: ha- you could think, like you said, could deal with it pretty well, it is Pickens, right? Or, or Tomlin, where he yes. can, he can speak man to man to these guys and, and give them some tough love. But you do have to deal with it. Like it's not something you can just flat out ignore. Yeah. Um, and it's it, and and this is what how it always happens though, right? Like it becomes okay. This isn't a big deal. This isn't a big deal. But those are always signs. Anytime you you're talking about a young player and you're on your fourth, this isn't that big deal. It's on its way to becoming a big deal <laughs> every single time. Yes. And it's it's funny. Like I'm dealing with this right now. That people are starting to see it with Xavier McKinney with the Giants, right? Hmm. There's been some little things. He took shots at Judge and Graham on the way out for no reason, which right. in reality, they got the best out of him. Little thing, little thing. And I finally start pointing it out. People are like, oh, you're making a big deal. And now he's, his coaches are, are like pissed off with him and like visibly so. Um, So like, yeah, this is not a big deal in the big picture of this thing, but it's just like you said, signs, signs, signs. And eventually yeah. it's going to be uh, going to a big deal. Not as big of a deal as Antonio Brown ended up being with the Steelers, but we can't compare everything to the biggest you know, head case we've ever seen in the NFL.
0: Uh, George Pickens, he did say, I don't really mix social media and football together. Clearing well, th- out my week. page. Well, th- I'm just reading his quote. Clearing out my page, not really too crazy. Got nothing to do with the Steelers at all. And the posts were restored by Saturday morning. So there you go. There's Very your social cool. media report today here on TMZ Sports Light.
1: Here's that attention you ordered, George
0: Pickens. (laughs) Bobby, it's always fun catching up with you. Enjoy your football weekend. What what do the Giants have here this weekend? America's Game of the Week. Oh, Um, my God, you're
1: right. Oh, oh, we did our preview pod today, and I'm like, is this game at Uh, 1? And they're like, no, 4.30 at America. Sorry. Stop. Stop doing this shit to me. Stop.
0: Um, Oh, you knew it was coming.
1: I'm all in on the tank for the Giants.
0: Sorry, I picked uh, I picked C.D. Lamb this week to score in our football. Uh, you know who scores a touchdown, so apologize in advance. Very of that. very
1: good one. I picked Kareem Hunt, and I didn't think about it, but they were like, "Hey, we're posting this now, and it's literally just the first player who came to yeah. my head." Okay, well, so I'm a bigger Browns you. fan than you.
0: Not, not not true, not true. But I but you can be one this weekend. We will take on all comers. I want to thank producer Mikey for hanging out with us and setting this up because that was not easy here in Jersey city, New Jersey. In fact, you should get double pay. We'll talk to Jimmy and Jake about that. Continue to check out the good work of uh, Bobby Skinner and your buddy panic. Who's been an interesting umpire yet again up here this week. Who won Stop. I can tell you we all won because he was an umpire. He is just, he is walking content for me as I like to say, he is a slow moving target. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next week on Football Today.